Good morning. Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. We're in Proverbs 17 this morning, verse 7 and 8. So let's say a prayer and get started. Father, we thank you for this morning. Be glorified as we study your word. Teach us something new today, God. Put joy in our hearts and draw us near to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I've got my notes fixed today so you can see them. All right, verse 7 and 8. Uh, I th- I think they connect. I think they kind of connect these two verses. They're not they're not very different like the two verses were um, yesterday, uh, but we'll see as as we talk about it. Um, I have an idea of how they kind of can connect here, but again, they don't always connect because as I've said before, uh, Proverbs uh, a lot of what Proverbs is, especially in the section that we're in, are little. Um, fortune cookie statements. That's what I call them. It's like cracking open a fortune cookie and there's some some proverb in it or some wisdom. Except these are a lot better than what you find in a fortune cookie. And so each one of them can kind of stand on its own, but they also can complement one another. And every single one of them is built upon the two greatest commandments, loving God and loving others. They, they all can find roots in one of those or both of those commandments. So this morning, we have some more wisdom um, from Solomon here. Verse 7 says, Fine speech is not becoming to a fool, still less is false speech to a prince. Now, in doing some research and some background on this verse, this is one of those verses in the English translation that loses a little bit of its punch or its its um, understanding when you translate it. You know, there are just there's some things in the original language that are more powerful in the original language, and when you go translating out of it, it kind of loses the understanding, and it's hard to grasp it because the language it's being translated into doesn't have the the best words in the language really to be able to relay the idea of the original language. And so this one kind of falls into that category, but that doesn't mean that we can't understand and comprehend it. It just doesn't pack the the truth punch that it has in the original Hebrew. So what this is saying here, um, fine speech is not becoming to a fool, means that there are people out there who are very arrogant and ignorant at the same time which is a dangerous combination. And they were they are very very oversure of their own self-importance. And they talk thinking that what they're saying is fine speech when in actuality it's not and it's very foolish and anyone with any sense can see very quickly the type of person and who that is. Some scholars believe that this is referencing someone in the life of Solomon um, that he knew, um, that li- that acted like this, lived like this. Maybe it was a subject of his. Maybe it was someone who served under him that he had to correct or you know, maybe get rid of in his office or position. But it seems to be that maybe he knows from experience dealing with people like this, and maybe Solomon has felt like that sometimes in his own life. And I think we've all been there and made that mistake ourselves, which is why it's so important that we be wise and we seek first the kingdom of God and, and have a relationship with him, 
that way we can recognize when we're being foolish or when someone else is and we can also use proper speech fine speech in other words good things saying good things i'm talking about speaking clearly and having good linguistic skills i'm talking about what you're saying and the substance of what you're saying now he finishes this verse off saying still less is false speech to a prince so a prince or a king in a position of authority that calls the shots um, has greater impact um, when they use false speech negative impact than if a fool tries to use fine speech okay um, they're both a bad thing but the bigger bigger and worse thing is when someone who has a position of authority abuses that position and speaks falsely and is not um, righteous and just in the way he distributes his authority so that and that's true I mean that's absolutely true there's a greater responsibility the more power you have there is a greater responsibility just like in the spider-man movie with great power comes great responsibility and that's just the way it is it's the way the world works and so those in a higher position of spiritual authority for example within the church your pastors your spiritual leaders your deacons they're going to be held to a higher standard when they stand before the Lord one day and he's going to hold them accountable for their leadership and uh, that's a serious thing an important thing that all spiritual leaders need to take into account and remind themselves of continually so really good stuff here very very straightforward wisdom and this verse here fits right into the category of the first and the second greatest commandment loving God and loving others now verse 8 um, says a bribe is like a magic stone in the eyes of the one who gives it wherever he turns he prospers now we need to remember that in Proverbs they're not all not all of these Proverbs are going to be statements um, that are directly correcting or condemning something sometimes it's just going to be a practical statement it does not mean that Solomon is endorsing the idea of giving bribes. It's actually the opposite. He's just making a practical statement here. He's not saying that bribes are a good thing and they're going to help you out. Okay? Because when you read this for uh, on its own, you might assume that that's what he's saying, and that's not what he's saying. Because bribes are condemned continually in Scripture, and there's a reason for that. The reason bribes are condemned is because when... For example, someone bribes someone else to vote a certain way or to, to make a certain decision or to make a certain stand on an issue. That person who is in that position of authority that is being bribed is now becoming a very greedy person. And they're not making a stand or a decision based off of what they feel is just or right. They're making a decision based off of what they can get out of it. You see, it's very selfish. To receive a bribe is very selfish. It's um, greedy. It's, it's, it's not loving others. It's not putting others before yourself. And that's why a bribe is such a sinful thing. To give a bribe is deceptive. It's dishonest. It's controlling. It's selfish in and of, it, in and of itself as well. It's, um, it's all of those things. It's the person that Solomon's already talked about who hides in the corner and, and, and you know, is conniving and, about things. And so he gives a bribe. And not only that, but like this verse says here, bribes 
can become something that are like a drug and you rely on it so much because it's an easy way to get what you want and to get your own way rather than going through the proper steps uh, and the, the harder way which is to do it righteously and to do it justly. So a bribe is like a magic stone in the eyes of the one who gives it. Wherever he, wherever he turns, he prospers. So as long as you got money, when you got money, you can get whatever you want, okay? Which we know is not the right mindset. It It's deceptive. It it makes someone think that, that true wealth is in the material things of the world, right? So for someone who bribes and he, he gets that feeling of authority and power and control because I got money, my money can control everyone and I can use it to get whatever I want done. You get this false sense of security in that. Because one day those material things are going to be gone. One day that money's not going to be there. You're not going to get to heaven and stand before the Lord and hand him a, a wad of cash and think that's going to that's going to sway him. He's he's just going to look at you and say, "Depart from me, I never knew you." And that's something you need. People need to be careful of. Don't rely and put your faith and trust in the material things of the world. But put your faith and trust in God. And that's that's the danger there of a bribe for the one giving it. That's the danger for the one receiving it. Okay, It's all rooted in selfishness. Whereas the Bible tells us we should love God with all our heart, trust in Him, follow Him, and we should love others, put others before ourselves. Giving bribes and receiving bribes are the complete opposite of that. It's putting yourself first. It's, it's worshiping the material money rather than God. And it's also loving yourself, putting yourself before others. So, good stuff here. A lot of good information, a lot of good things for us to learn from and to always remember. And truth, justice, that's what Solomon really, I'm seeing more and more as we go through Proverbs. I see this, I can, I, I see the king here, the administrator, okay, because he ends up going to, it seems like, issues that he's dealt with in his own leadership as king. Uh, dealing with false speech and deception. And we see how important his wisdom was in ruling his kingdom. Because he probably dealt with this on a daily basis. And that's why all of these verses kind of hint at that. You know, his experience as a king and a leader and how to be wise in those situations and and what's so smart about it okay is he's taking all the that practical experience as a king and he's he's weaving it in to the spiritual truth that's there so he's got all these things where he's weaving the reality of a leader and a king and, and this guy on his throne you know correcting and 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 issuing judgment and he's taking these spiritual truths about loving God and loving others, and he's just weaving them together into this cohesive, beautiful tapestry of, of reality that we live in. And I kind of sit back and I'm like, hmm, Solomon, in a way, is like a precursor to Jesus Christ. He's, he's like a Jesus Christ figure. I'm not saying Solomon is Jesus. I'm saying that he is kind of portraying this picture of what we see in Jesus. Almost like he's a he's a prof, prophecy in and of himself, his life and his writing of Proverbs that points us to the future of what Jesus is going to bring. And so in Jesus, you see this 
you see the king bringing all of this practical wisdom in his teachings. And he marries that idea of the king and wisdom in his parables, right? We see all the parables of Jesus taking the physical world and and talking about it and using the physical world to describe the spiritual truths. And so I kind of see this, I'm learning that myself. I'm seeing this correlation between King Solomon and the one true king, Jesus Christ. All right, so good stuff here. Have a wonderful and blessed weekend. Seek first the kingdom of God. He's working for you, not against you. Take care, stay blessed, and I will see you again on Monday morning. Bye.